Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiecka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share the latest information and leading-edge thoughts to support the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring evolving into the Aquarian Age. So, here we are, at the dawning of the Aquarian Age, a time that's been anticipated since the 1800s, when the concept of a new age began. The age of Aquarius is reputed to bring unity, spiritual evolution, enlightenment, peace, joy, brotherhood, and male-female balance. However, looking out at the world, I have to say, I don't see much of the aforementioned going on. In fact, things appear to be coming apart at the seams as cultures clash, economies fail, the environment is in crisis, and war looms large. So what's really going on? Where is the happy, happy, joy, joy? What am I missing? What does it really mean to evolve into the Aquarian age? Our guest this hour has spent a lifetime contemplating various aspects of this issue and will no doubt have some interesting thoughts on the subject. Barbara Hanklow is the author of many books, including The Mayan Code, Time Acceleration and Awakening of the World Mind, Alchemy of Nine Dimensions, The 2011-2012 Prophecies, and Nine Dimensions of Consciousness, Awakening the Planetary Mind, and her latest, Revelations of the Aquarian Age. Her website, handclow2012.com. That's H-A-N-D-C-L-O-W-2021.com. Barbara, dear friend, thank you so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Well, it's great to be here, Gwilda, especially for this topic. It, it's a great topic, isn't it? I mean, it's, yes, it it's what's going on, right? <laughs> right, right. So there is a lot of conflicting information about what's going on as we shift from the age of Pisces into that of Aquarius. What's your take on the changes that we're being confronted with? Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that we can be sure that we're moving into Aquarius now because if you look at the um, star system that, that, uh, for Aquarius in, in the sky, the ecliptic um, is where we go through a change of an age, and it's a shift on the ecliptic. And if you look at the symbol for Aquarius, it's a man or possibly a woman in some situations um, pouring a great big jar of water onto the ecliptic. And we've already moved past the point on the ecliptic where the water is actually pouring. We haven't come to the body of the figure yet, but we've come back past that point where that water is pouring. And so. We're definitely into it, and when one age shifts from another, in this case, I'm going out of Pisces at this point and moving into Aquarius, it's always extremely traumatic because the old patterns, the old Piscean patterns, um, have to break down in order to make space for the new pattern, the new Aquarian patterns. And so since the age of Pisces is the age of organized religions, needless to say, we're really going through it because what's happening is we're having a crisis in our belief systems. So that's why it's so difficult. And then in my case, I'm an astrologer, and I decided to try to call, um, make, make a judgment call on the maximum vortex, the kind of the maximum nexus point where, there, where things would turn. And as an astrologer, I picked 2011 through 2020. And then I decided to write a trilogy um, showing a group of characters, two generations of characters, going through the change so that we can understand better how these processes work. So um, would you mind, for those of us that uh, aren't astrologers, you talked about the symbol of, the, of Aquarius, the, the person pouring water. Um, what is that exactly It's uh, in the star system? Well, it, it, there's a, a group of stars up there, and to tell you the truth, you can interpret them almost any way. And you can come up with lots of different you know, interpretations of what those figures are. But in the ancient days, um, astrology goes way, way back, Wilder, well, probably goes back at least 10,000 years. And so in the ancient days, they came up with different symbols that they felt fit the stars. And then when you see drawings of those symbols, you'll see where the stars are placed on, for example, the water bearer, the, the man uh, pouring water on the ecliptic. And so it's just a symbolic interpretation. But you could, you know, you look at a constellation, somebody says it's the great bearer. 
Well, you could also say it's a great big saucepan ready for making pasta, you know? <laughs> you know, yeah. When you, yeah, when you look at the um, Great Bear in the Sky, which turns around the um, polar star, it, to me it looks like a great big saucepan. So it's, it's an interpretation. But the interpretations also, there, there's actually a science of the change of the ages. And I find evidence for in human wisdom, human philosophers, going all the way back 10,000 years. But Christianity attempted to squash it, and they pretty well succeeded. Christianity definitely did a very big agenda on astrology in general, because astrology can free you um, understanding your astrological chart and understanding how your chart fits into the transits that are passing by. Actually gives people a lot of freedom. And one of the agendas of organized religion, of course, has been to control people's minds and control um, their, their lives so that the church can have power over them. So how do the influences of Pisces differ from that of Aquarius outside of the uh, organized religion? Well, it's a huge difference. It's actually one of the reasons this transition is so difficult, because the Aquarian ideal is based on human freedom and human choice and the ability to think um, the way we want to think and, and do what we want to do. And the Piscean Age was an age of, um, of control by religion. So if you think about it, that's a huge shift for people to move into letting go of belief systems that are ruled by religions and finding spiritual access um, their own way. It's, it's a huge shift. So there's also a big battle going on, isn't there, uh, trying to hold the old way and, and uh, automatic, not automatic, but our tendency, uh, you know, what's being supported now is more freedom, more open thinking, uh, more open-heartedness. Yeah. But isn't there an attempt by the old system out there to hold the status quo? Of course. Nobody's going to let go of, of some power and control if they get a hold of it easily, you know. But what's even more difficult to explain is, is what do we really mean about how Aquarius is going to work. And the first sign that we got of the Aquarian age was the, um, was the discovery of quantum physics, which, of course, is about 120 years ago now. And um, uh, for people, ordinary people, not physicists, to understand quantum physics, it, as you know, it's very, very difficult for people. And in my case, I use it as a form of contemplation because um, quantum physics is very much like Buddhism. It, it has to do with really going deep inside and discovering inner nothingness and discovering that we are all space inside instead of form. But this is, this is difficult for people. And so we're, we're kind of in the middle of two things, like letting go of old belief systems that made cultures and individuals feel secure, and then at the same time um, starting to look at reality from the point of view of um, quantum physics. And it's, it's very, di very difficult for people, so that's kind of where we are right now, and that's why things are so stressful. Well, you know, it seems like when we when we got into thinking of form as what we are versus space, that's when we got into separatism. And when we think of everything as space, we're looking back at unity, and that's been talked about for six, over 60,000 years by shamanic societies. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and quantum physics also is very shamanic because it's working with the idea that what's in our minds is actually shaping reality. And, of course, shamans work with shaping reality, and they also work with metamorphosis, where they change from one form to another and one form to another. And the truth is, everything in your body, every cell and all that is continually changing because we're living in a world where everything is continually changing, and what holds things there, it, it's seemingly solid, is, is a world of forms, which in my work I'm also the author of... Um, the Pleiadian Agenda, and um, Alchemy of Nine Dimensions. And that, that's the part of my work where I've actually explored this fairly deeply. And in my work, the um, world of forms is the sixth dimension, which is, which is, the, um, which is the dimension of um, geometry and shaping form in our dimension, which is the third dimension. So my system is a little bit different than, than Einstein's um, math, mathematics, but it actually is a system that a lot more um, mathematicians are moving into because the system I work, is, work with is based on string theory and super string theory. And in the last um, couple of years, since, 19, since uh, 2015, um, work has been done on the human brain and understanding how the human brain functions. 
And um, scientists have discovered that the human brain functions in 11 dimensions. So oh, that's fascinating. Was, isn't that fascinating? Yeah, that, that material is called the Blue Brain Project for people who want to go online and just look up Blue Brain Project. And a group of um, scientists, they're, they're called algebraic topologists. Yikes. <laughs> it's so hard to be a layperson and try to contemplate this material. But the scientists have modeled it, and they've come up with artworks and computer works that are showing um, 11 dimensions of consciousness in the human brain. So at this point, the, newest, the latest news is that we now understand that our brain does function um, according to superstring theory. And so in my case, as a writer and as an artist, I've finished my nonfiction work um, because the only way that I can actually um, show our brains functioning this way and people's lives um, changing because of, of quantum mechanics and superstring theory, the only way I can do it is in fiction. So I'm actually attempting to write pretty much a, a quantum uh, mechanical trilogy. <laughs> That's what I'm in the middle of right now. Fascinating. Well, we'll pick yeah. up on quantum mechanics and nonfiction on the other side of a commercial break. Barbara and I will be back after this commercial break. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like exxon sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our special guest this hour is my dear friend, Barbara Hanklo. Her website, hanklo2012.com. Barbara, there were so many rabbit holes I'd like to go down <laughs> after our, 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 our first little time together. I definitely want to get into fiction versus nonfiction. Um, because one of the things that across the ages, shamanic societies and, and different ones have, have shown is that it's easier to get an idea across with a myth or a legend than just actually trying to state it. So stories have been hugely important. And also, don't stories frame our reality? Yeah, that, that's true. And I didn't realize when I decided to switch to fiction, my goal was to somehow create this quantum mechanical <laughs> string theory universe in a little in a world, you know, in, in this trilogy. And I, I realized after I was doing it for a while, I started to realize that it's true. We, we remember things the best when we pick them up in a story context. And I've already written 14 or 15 nonfiction books with lots of data in them, but people don't necessarily retain the data the way they do when it comes in story form, which is, of course, much more creative and much slower, and it penetrates more deeply. You know, so I agree with you. And it has it has uh, hidden layers as well, doesn't it? It's like, you know, Jesus taught in parables for just that reason. Yes, that's true. And uh, by the way, um, my fans, a lot of my fans do, are kind of mad at me for switching to fiction because they loved getting all that data and all that information for me, but slowly they're realizing that the same information is coming through in a much more visceral way. It, it, it grabs you in a way that it never never will in a nonfiction book. Yeah, I, I, to I totally agree. Yeah, and we're at such a turning point right now. Now, that, go back to the turning point for just a minute. In the ancient days before Christianity um, tried to destroy astrology, if we go back to 0 A.D., then go back 10,000 years, there were actual teaching schools that helped people deal with the change of the ages, and the most recent one was the Gnostics. And the reason these teaching schools existed and these teachers um, taught people is that um, it's just terribly difficult for people. Um, for example, Trump um, is terribly difficult for people because he's a, he's a master of change and transformation. And I don't, um, by the way, like Trump at all, and I don't like what he's doing at all. But he is changing things fast. He's stewing the pot. And that's what's so hard for people to, to deal with. They just It's like this thing flashes by every day. Nobody can comprehend what any of it means, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. And so you know, the you teachers know. Were, there, were there to counsel and to give people a, a sense of what needed to pass, and more importantly, to give people a sense of what to create with the new reality coming in. Like, for example, I've come to the conclusion after many, many years of thought that people have really got have to start studying um, quantum physics, they're, they're not by reading physicists, by, but by reading the writers who are dealing with it. Because I, I'm convinced that people are going to be progressively more confused unless they start understanding these deeper aspects of reality. And yet by understanding them, it puts the ability to manifest consciously right in the palm of our hand, doesn't it? Yes, and of course, then, then the other issue would be that all these gadgets that everybody's using, iPhones and computers and all that, all that stuff is based on quantum mechanics. Mm -hmm. And so people are using things, and I've never seen people so obsessed with using gadgets as they are now. And they're using them with no understanding of how they work. And there's going to come a point where those gadgets are going to be ne a very negative experience for people unless they, unless they understand how they work better. But isn't it isn't this obsession people have with gadgets from the increasing feeling of separation? I mean, as we move into the Aquarian age and unity is being supported, the lack of unity suddenly becomes glaringly obvious. Yes, yes. And then, of course, on the other hand, and there's always two sides to every story, all the gadgets are actually linking people up. Yeah. You know, yeah. so the unity the unity seems to be com coming through the um, change in technology, and yet the deeper aspects of that unity aren't just techie devices. The deeper aspects of that unity are actually very mystical. And that's what people need to start seeking. Because if, we, if you don't have a spiritual um, 
uh, you know, kind of um, feeling about your reality as the old religions go away, where are you going to be? Well, exactly. It's, we're leaving one operating system and the other one's not booted up yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, you know, characters that are going through a different, different ones are going through a different crisis of faith over letting go of the old religion. Mm. You know, many have indicated a belief that as the ages shift, which is magically transported into a state of bliss. What's wrong with that thinking? Um, because it's false. It's false. It, it's so difficult for people to change. And what, what's going on from a quantum mechanical point of view is the world of forms that create the, the, the reality down here. The world of forms itself is transforming. And, and so you're in this reality and things are changing. But if you don't look at the, the source of the change in the shift, you can, you can really end up being in a very, very bad place, as we can see with people who are just going crazy in a way that I've never seen before. Yeah, I haven't either, you know. It's, it's kind of like being on the holodeck and all of a sudden parts of it are dissolving. <laughs> yeah, and then more seriously, right now our reality is burning up and flooding. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it really is. And that, in my understanding of things, is coming from people not having a, a sense of that form of reality. They're, they're having, we're all having trouble like holding on to the form of reality and being in nature in a balanced and, and connected way. And so these Boy, nature is the key, isn't it? Yeah, because we, we aren't a tree that's going to grow or a, a, a stalk of corn that's going to grow. We're humans with minds. And what we think about is so critical at, at, a, at a time of change like this. Well, everything's alchemical. I mean, what we think is what, what we're creating, yes? That's right. That's yeah. right. And that's, of course, what quantum mechanics is showing us. And if people start to understand how that works, then your, your understanding of your creativity, like here I am, I'm creating a trilogy at this point, which is a completely, unlike my other work, based on other people's work, this is a completely unique creation. Well, I can tell you that I'm very, very careful about what I'm creating. Yeah, understandably so, because, yeah. Because every time, from a, a, a quantum mechanical point of view, every time somebody encounters reading that novel, somebody could read it 100 years from now, their thought activates in connection to my thought. And so hopefully I'm writing um, good thinking. Well, it goes back to frequency. How do we need to participate in the changing frequencies in order to evolve at the times? Um, that's where the issue of getting some, and really when I am, I'm really a teacher about the shift of the ages and giving wisdom and guidance about how to, how to do it. Because if you don't have a sense of what it's changing into, then you don't necessarily find it very easy to know what to create, if you see what I mean. Like, yeah, how I do. do. You, you know, how do you create something unless you have a sense of how it fits into a pattern that, that's developing? You know, you've indicated that the shifting frequencies are unearthing ancient memories of prehistory. What do you mean by that? Now, what did you say, Quilter? Sorry. You've indicated that the shifting frequencies are unearthing ancient memories of prehistory. Okay. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, what happens when we go into an age, um, a, new, a new age, there's a deep examination of the past. It, it happened every time, every 2,000 years, way, 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 way back. And so understanding our story becomes critical um, at this point because if we have a false story of the past and we're attempting to move into the future, we have difficulty moving forward. And so one of the big false stories that we've all lived with in this lifetime was a misinterpretation of cycles of cataclysm. And so I wrote another book a long time ago called Catastrophobia, which has to do with fear of catastrophes. And um, when we go into a change of an age, because of this radical level of shifting, there is a tendency for, for people to have a fear of cataclysms and a fear of Armageddon and stuff like that. And this is something that we all have to really observe very, very carefully, because you can create that. Like, for example, Christian fundamentalists um, could create an Armageddon if they, if they want it badly enough. So what each one, it, I, what I can't, um, possibly overemphasize is how is how important what each person what what each person is actually thinking about that their thought in their mind is actually changing reality out there. Mm. So, do you think that the the shift in frequencies is unearthing the old stuck places, and that's why we have to have that review? 
Yeah, that, and that's what's so hard. Okay, and so that's why I wrote Catastrophobia years ago, because I came up with the idea that a cataclysm had occurred 12,000 years ago. It wasn't my idea. At this point, it's been scientifically established. But when I wrote the book, um, the, the geologists and, and uh, earth science, science scientists were still trying to come up with the idea that everything is slow and gradual and nothing changes very much. And so we, we, we are human beings with this memory inside. We have a, All of us have a deep memory of that moment in time 12,000 years ago. It, it's known as the fall of Atlantis or the fall in popular culture. And so um, it's been very important for people to realize that we did have a great crisis 12,000 years ago and that as we go into this period in time, by the way, the great ages aren't just every 2,000 uh, years. Some of the most important changes are from the opposite age, and the opposite age of change was 12,000 years ago. So we're processing this past cataclysm as, as we go into our future, and what it does is a lot of people have a lot of traumatic memory in deep within themselves that they haven't processed. It's almost like a racial memory. Well, we're going to have to get into the racial memory again on the other side of a short pause. Barbara and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. 
For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest tools and information to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. We're speaking with Barbara Hanclow. Her website, hanclow2012.com. Barbara, we were talking about uh, 12,000 years ago, a great cataclysm. And some of the guests I've been talking to, um, you know, medical people and stuff, say that there's increasing evidence, and I've certainly seen it shamanically, where uh, trauma, like, say, the the Holocaust, is then passed down to people that have the same lineage but had nothing to do with it and, you know, or even adopted, didn't grow up with people that had something to do with it. Um, And that it's actually passed down in the DNA. Is this what you're talking about when you say that there's the trauma passed down from the 12,000 years ago? Yeah, and that science is called epigenetics, and mm-hmm. because of recent Holocaust research, that's been proven at this point, so we know that. And so all of us are, are, have the, the, these stories deep, deep within, maybe 12,000 years ago, maybe 3,000 years ago or whatever, and then when we go through the change of an age and a, sh- a shift in the way the forms are functioning on our planet, we go through um, a tremendous healing and a tremendous clearance at that, at that point. And this particular point is very important because it's opposite the big whammy, the big big one, 12,000 years ago. Yeah, would you and explain so, to me what you mean by opposite of it? Um, well, in terms of, the, of, the, of astrology, what happens is that we go, the, the cycle of the Great Ages is 26,000 years long, and we go through each age is around 2,200 years long. And so if we go back um, to the opposite point, if you divide um, 26,000 into um, you get 13,000, and then this series of cataclysms that occurred 13,000 uh, and 12,000 years ago, um, actually, we, we scientifically now they've all been established, and um, the end of the ice ages and all that all that stuff. And so we're going back to that point where we emerged on our planet after a series of very very intense cataclysms and because it's the opposite point it's the age of leo and we're moving into aquarius at this point and because it's at the opposite point it's kind of like the full moon um we're processing a huge amount of that inner data and we've been governments and and people in power know all about this by the way see this the 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 teaching that i'm coming through with in the trilogy is, is, is a teaching that the, the power elite um, know all about, and they keep it from humanity so that we don't know what's going on, and then they can manipulate us. And so a good example of this is the whole issue of global warming and the campaign on global warming. And, of course, global warming is, is, uh, is a factor, um, and it's happening because of the change of the cycles. It's happening because of this shift um, in relationship to the opposite point 12,000 years ago. So what do you do with it? You make it into a great big campaign and you sell carbon credits and you distract people from what's actually going on, which is a cycle. Now, also, human beings are influencing that cycle, and there's no way that we can continue um, <coughs> to burn fossil, fuel, fossil fuels and carbon-based things in the atmosphere. So that's a part of it. But it distracts people from seeing the sort of larger cyclical change that's going on. And actually, when you do start to look at things that way, it's actually quite fascinating and actually very creative. So how does stored past trauma impact our ability to evolve with the shifting frequencies as individuals and as a culture? It sounds like the, what you're talking about, if we're being distracted from what's really going on, we aren't cooperating with it. Well, we are being distracted, and we aren't able to cooperate, but at a more fundamental level, we're doing a beautiful job because people have really, really been engaging in healing themselves very deeply and intentionally now for about 50 or 60 years. It really really started really in the 1970s. And people are really doing their deep work and their deep clearance and their deep emotional processing. And so that has a huge effect on, on the quantum field. Because if people who are plugging into the general field that we all share are deeply traumatized and hiding from something and not able to see things, then they, then they can't, we, we all can't proceed. 
And the best example of this is the Me Too movement, because the Me Too movement is coming from lots and lots of women who simply will not take it anymore. And that's only happening because so many women have done so much emotional work on themselves. So do we need to heal in mass in order to embrace the unity offered by the age of Aquarius? Do we need to hear a, a, a what? Heal in mass, like as a group. Yes, yes, yes. It, but of course, the only way you can heal yourself is as an individual, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the only way anybody can heal anything, themselves included. And so it's the individual healings that are, that are such a mass movement, that are such a positive thing. Um, but, of course, as people are going through um, changes like this, it's very hard on everybody. It's hard on their families. But it has to happen. Well, how can we release our unprocessed ancestral fear? Because we, we, we were stuck to that darn thing. Yeah. Okay, so that's where having the correct story is, is the key. And what has been happening in, in um, the new paradigm movement, if you want to call it that, the last 40 or 50 years, is the, the correct story of the past has gradually come through. And then once people have the correct story, then they're able to actually um, clear, clarify themselves within. You, you can't do it if you don't understand um, what has already happened to you, if you see what I mean. Well, you know, it seems like history is written by the winner of the war. How do we move past all the false history into what really happened? Okay, well, that's one of the big changes that's coming. Because what you're actually picking up on is the age before Pisces was the age of Aries. And the age of Aries is like 2300 B.C. up into about 160 B.C., up to the time of Christ coming to the planet. And so the age of Aries was the age of organized warfare. And what was supposed to happen when the age of Pisces began, you know, around 100 B.C., what was supposed to happen was we were supposed to move into a frequency of love and higher consciousness because Pisces is ruled by Neptune, which is very spiritual. But what happened at that point, we're actually clearing really 4,000 years of change right now very, very deeply because the, the whole principle of organized warfare became wars for God. And we've had like, now we've had 2,000 years of wars for God. And the only thing that we can do at this point is to change that by refusing to do that anymore. And even though the governments are doing it, I see such a change in people regarding war. So it's, it's the issue of each one of us doing our part on this. So did, did this, is, this is a curiosity to me, see if I can even state this question properly. Did unprocessed the parts of the age that was of wars, being unprocessed then pollute the more spiritual and become war for God, or was it a predestined sort of thing? Um, well, that, that boy, that's a, a really fine point there. Um, as far as I can see in the teaching records, what happened is the Christianity did away with the um, opportunity for people to look at things from the point of view of the change of the ages. For example, Jesus was clearly a figure who was here. Basically what Jesus was all about was coming in and saying it's time to get rid of a god, in this case Yahweh, who is a, a god of war and a god of strife and a god of control, and it's time to move into um, a period where our, our deity, our sense of deity, is actually love. And so that's what happened 2,000 years ago. But the way these great ages work is that the new idea comes in at, at when it shifts, which is what it's doing now. But then it takes 2,000 years to develop that idea. So one of the themes in the trilogy is the issue of Jesus being married to Mary Magdalene, which, of course, is a, is a theme that many, many other um, <clears throat> writers have taken up. But at this point, our whole understanding of deity is maturing to the point where people are start to, starting to realize that Jesus was a normal person who could love just like themselves. So if we have uh, a new idea that comes in with each age that takes 2,000 years to really implement, what's the new idea for the Aquarian age? See, this is where we're getting into quantum mechanics and quantum physics because in superstring theory. Because if we start to understand our reality from a higher dimensional point of view, which is that everything that's being created around us and everything that we're creating ourselves is actually coming from a world of forms, then our consciousness starts to 
to naturally go to a higher level. We, if for, for example, during this age of, of, of what I call empiricism, this age of solid material reality um, that we've been living in, um, what happens is that the world ends up being very violent and very separative, and it ends up being um, very filled with stuff, in, in a sense. And as we move into the Aquarian sense of things, we're moving into a lighter um, vision of consciousness and a lighter vision of reality. And it has to happen, because what are we going to do with 7 billion of us on this planet? It seems like our um, material way of viewing things as solid is diametrically opposed to the way life works, where everything is always fluid and changing. Doesn't that build a lot of pressure? Um, it, well, see, that's where we're shifting. We, we, it, we have to like have a more, um, you know, a kind of a less material comprehension of things. We have to become less material ourselves. I mean, I think we're at the peak right now of people having all this stuff and all these huge houses and all this stuff going on because it's not going to work on our planet because even though quantum mechanics is showing a vision of reality um, that, that is very non-material, we still have our dimension, our third dimension, and we live in the third dimension which is a solid world. The tricky and yet, part of it is that we're thinking it up as it's solid. <laughs> exactly, and, and everything, everything that's solid wears out because it's working against the fluidity of life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so as we shift this, we're, I think first the most important thing with individual people is there's going to be less of a desire for that much materialism. You know? it's, very, it's very burdensome, <laughs> isn't it? We're, we're going to have to take another quick break. Barbara and I will be back shortly, so don't you dare go away. We're just starting to get interesting here. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com. 
or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in an evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or a guess that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our special guest this hour is Barbara Hanclo. Her website, hanclo2012.com. Barbara, I'd like to back up just a little bit. Um, you spoke of the different dimensions of the brain, and it seems like our brains are busy holding material things together and really not working on those other dimensions that apparently there is available. Uh, what's going on there? Well, we, what we've had is, is there are actually um, 11 dimensions functioning in our reality, and, and according to the Pleiadians, this is the Pleiadian material, According to the Pleiadians, we have the ability to work with nine of those dimensions. The 10th the and 11th dimension are, are kind of beyond us. And so though, basically those dimensions are we're in the third dimension, the solid world, and below us are two dimensions, the telluric realm, which is um, the, 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 the area of the magma and the area under the crust of the earth into the center of the earth, and then the first dimension is the, the actual center of the earth. So then when we go above the third dimension, um, linear space and time, where we exist right now, we get into the fourth dimension, which is the world of archetypes and the collective mind. And then all of the higher dimensions, the fifth through the ninth dimension, um, come into that collective um, world of thought and collective um, mental realm. And so what we're being challenged to do at this point is to work through a lot of the duality of the uh, fourth dimensional collective mind because we're in, we're, as we move into Aquarius, our minds are starting to open up to the point where we can pick up the frequencies from the higher dimensions. And the fifth dimension is the dimension of love. The sixth dimension is the dimension of geometry and the world of forms. And then the seventh dimension is sound in the universe, which creates forms. And then the eighth dimension is the divine mind, divine consciousness, call it whatever you want to call it which uses sound to create forms, to create love in our reality. And then the ninth dimension is actually time, which is a very, very interesting idea. And that time in the ninth dimension is based on the Mayan calendar. And so what has happened is the Mayan calendar ending in 2012 created um, the, the shift in the field that is bringing in this, these higher dimensional consciousnesses into our realm. And what's happening is just overwhelming for people. Um, and yet, if they start to understand um, how some of these models work, that's why this Blue Brain Project is so important, because when we start to understand that our mind actually functions according to those dimensional frequencies, we're going to start really understanding what's going on. So where does the heart fit in here? There's a lot of talk about heart intelligence lately. Right, and that's the fifth dimension, and that's the first of the higher dimensions. And the funny thing about doing the kind of work that I do is, in a sense, you don't need anything else um, because it is the essence of, of what's important. And so as we come to the end of, end of the age of Pisces, what's actually happening is the maturation of the, of the heart consciousness, and that is what's going to carry us through. Through this, I mean, you know, what matters at this point if you're living in California and your house is going to burn down tomorrow? What matters except love and the caring in your own family? Um, And that's where people are moving um, in this realm. Well, Jesus had it right all along, didn't he? Well, yeah, see, that maturation of that image of who Jesus is is a really, really big deal. And for people to start realizing that Jesus was a, a, a loving husband, a father, and so that's the central core in my trilogy, is the whole issue of, of Jesus in relationship to the world religions. So here's a humdinger for you. We tend to perceive reality as monodimensional, and yet you have the theory of the nine dimensions of human consciousness. 
how does this pertain to the evolution of consciousness into the Aquarian age? Um, because, well, how, it's not a because. Um, what the Pleiadians said was the Pleiadians said at the end of the Mayan calendar, all nine dimensions of consciousness were just simply open. Now, the way that works, of course, is it's opening because of people opening it. And so all of us are picking up on fields that are very, very different and very unusual and yet very, very exciting. So this is the reason there's so much excitement in information, so much excitement on the web, because all of these fields are opening up. If you go back 30 years ago, it's amazing how much less access people had to wide-ranging information. So do the frequencies offered by the Aquarian Age assist in our evolution of consciousness? Um, I, I, I understand your question. Okay. So were, were these, the frequencies or the different dimensions are always there. It's just that as we're coming into this time, are, are the frequencies being offered by the Aquarian Age what's helping us open up to what's already there? Um, yes. In other words, it's always already been already there. But our capacity, if you go back to human beings like 100,000 years ago, and what could they actually pick up and what can we actually pick up now? And then, remember, the Aquarian Age is also about opening up, te- uh, opening up technology and opening up um, you know, um, the fourth dimensional quantum realm. And so what's happening is that those things, that we, they've always been there. It's just that we couldn't see them. We, we looked out the window and we saw a tree, and a tree was a solid thing. And, of course, number one, it actually is a solid thing. But it's an issue of what we're all thinking about that actually makes it solid. Mm, and okay. I know that sounds very obtuse. I realize <laughs> that. That's why, people, that's why it's hard for people to, to get a hold of it. Right. And that's why I created a trilogy. Right. I was going to say, you know, you've certain, written... You've written over 12 nonfiction books since 1986, trying to get these concepts into mainstream thinking. And a fine job, you've done of it. <laughs> but now you've switched to fictional works. Would you go in a little bit more as to why you did that switch and how it's serving? It, it's because as you, as you started this show, Wilda, um, the issue of how we imprint uh, things so much more easily and so much more deeply and intensely through story. And so by creating the story of people experiencing the things we're talking about on the show, that's what's going to make it easier for people to start to, to, to just allow themselves to open up. You, um, people won't be able to resist the change, by the way. It's just like you can't resist the technology affecting, affecting you um, in, in our realm at this point. It's going to happen, and it's a question of whether you're going to be open to it or not. Yeah, how much of a beating are you willing to take, you know, by trying to hold on to the old? You know, fact is stranger than fiction. How much fact is contained in your fictional writings? Um, what, did you say sex is stranger than fiction? No, I said fact. <laughs> fact, okay. Fact. <laughs> okay. Um, facts are stranger than fiction. Um, I think they're both pretty, pretty strange. I think the full range of strangeness is in both, and in sex, too. <laughs> <laughs> And I go after sex quite a bit. I write about sex a lot because one of our greatest um, access to multidimensional consciousness has always been through sex. And so some of my characters are, are working with um, accessing dimensions um, through sex, you know. It, it's a powerful, powerful energy, you know, and there's a lot of transformation that goes on there. I think we're just barely scratching the surface of truly understanding what it's all about. Yeah. 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 And my goal was to track this time period. I, I re- I'm always way ahead of things. And so I realized, like, I could, I could write these, and it might be difficult. It's like, kind of like Philip K. Dick was a writer on quantum um, con- consciousness 50 years ago, and now people appreciate Philip K. Dick. And so I'm really writing an, at a fair, fairly advanced level because I want to capture. I think this actual shift is just fascinating. It is. It is. You know, and we are indeed in, in transformative times. What advice do you have for us to best weather the storm and contribute to the transformation? Um, first of all, personal healing is definitely the most important thing. And then in order to accomplish personal healing, you have to slow down. And so the more that people can slow down while things are going so fast, the better. And I, I do actually do see people doing that, especially people um, going out and being in nature as much as possible in order to vibrate with the frequency of nature um, in, in times like this. 
Well, it seems like the galactic frequencies impact the Earth. It comes in through the electromagnetic field of the Earth. And every place the electromagnetic field of the Earth crosses that of the Sun, the Sun's interacting with the galaxy. So does the Earth's frequency change with the changing times and offer us a place to attune to? Um, that's a very, very interesting point. Because, first of all, um, if we start understanding things from the point of view of many dimensions, then those dimensions are just there. So I think the dimensional creativity of the Earth in the galaxy is the same, although it goes through cycles, as we know. There's cyclical changes that affect our planet a great deal, especially regarding climate. Um, but the field is the same, and the brains are the same that are picking up. It's just that what's happening is it's, it's advancing um, in terms of comprehension. And human, humans have been advancing conscious uh, in consciousness um, radically during the last 2000 years the, the whole period has been a period of radical change and it's getting it's going faster and faster and faster and that's what happens when you when you come to a breakthrough point which is what we're experiencing so it's, it's very accelerated and there was all sorts of prophecies that that would happen at this time too isn't there yeah yeah yeah. And and astrologically, um, in 2020, we have a great big conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in zero degrees of Aquarius, and that's when that's when that's kind of going to be the apex point. And wow. of course, I'll be describing that with my with my characters. Um, well, be- Barbara, it's it's always such a pleasure speaking with you, but I'm afraid we're out of time. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. My pleasure to have you as always. Our guest this hour has been Barbara Hanklow author of many books, including her latest novels, Revelation of the Ruby Crystal and Revelations of the Aquarian Age. Her website, hanclo2012.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more 
Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.